This is Mr. Christopher with Funkatopia. You're listening to Funkatopia Radio. Maybe you're listening on the Funked Up app. I don't know how you're listening, but it doesn't matter because you need to be paying attention because I have one of the coolest cats that ever walked the face of the planet, Mr. Norwood Fisher, bass player for the Mighty Mighty Fishbone and also plays with a little project called Trulio Disgracias. And uh, I am honored to have you aboard, sir. How are you feeling? You know what? I'm happy to be here with you, my brother. That's really what's up. I'm like, you know, I'm I'm ready to bring some Funkatopia to to those who who have been missing the Funkatopia boat too, as you bringing me to the funky, Funkatopia consciousness. It's, oh yeah. Well, you know, see, here's the thing. This this is broadcast worldwide, so we got a, we have a lot of listeners from all over the world. And you know what I find really, really interesting is the the longevity of you guys and 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 uh, obviously you know specifically Fishbone too. And uh, I'm definitely want to start talking about Trulio Disgracious, but I have so many Fishbone stories. I they could just go on and on. For I don't know if you remember this, and you may or may not. When um, we were, you guys were doing the show, I think it was in North Carolina and we were, yeah. we were doing the sessions for, um, we were doing the sessions for big old nasty get down for the, for the second volume. And right. John, and, and John came to me and said, Hey man, I need you to give Norwood a ride, a ride back to the cabin. And, uh, and, and you also, you know, so I'm, I'm like, Oh, okay. All right. Well, I'll, I'll just hang out and, and you know, I'll 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 get all his gear and everything, and and we're just kind of just just kind of waiting for um, waiting waiting for you guys to get done, and then uh, then after that, he comes up to me. He comes up to me and says, um, he comes up to me and says, "Oh, and you also need to give Tory Ruffin a, a, a ride too." And I'm like, "Oh, okay." This is like a response. The responsibility just got really really right, high. Right. Like, okay, that's fine. I'll do that. And I don't know if you remember this, but we got pulled over. <laughs> I don't know if you remember. Oh. <laughs> it was fine though. It was fine because I remember. I remember it was you or Tory. It was funny as hell because we got pulled over because I had a light out. And the guy came in the window, and the car was um, the car was scented, and <laughs> the, window, <laughs> the window rolled down. And uh, the cop looked at me, and he asked for all my stuff. I gave him all the information and whatever. And uh, he came back, and he says, "All right, uh, your front light's out. That's where I pulled you over. You get take take care of that as soon as possible." And I don't remember if it was you or Tori, but what do you guys <laughs> said? No warrants, no arrests. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god i was thinking right. I, I think this is the worst thing in the world that could possibly happen is if if if, if i have either one of these gentlemen arrested while they're down right. here recording john's gonna kill me hey. oh my god and then you of know. course we can we can we can rewind back to it back uh when you guys are doing reality of my surroundings, this is you know Fishbone's biggest album, and uh, I couldn't get a ticket for some reason. I couldn't get a ticket. I don't know if it was because it was sold out. It was in Atlanta, and uh, it was at the Roxy, which at the time was at uh, in Buckhead, and which in Atlanta. And um, I couldn't afford a ticket, so I went backstage, back you know backstage where like the, the 
to the one that goes out to the street. And I literally right. sat on the stairs the whole entire time listening to the concert through the backstage door. And I was just like, dang it. I have no idea why I couldn't go in. I don't know if it was a money thing or if it was sold out or what it was. But, man, I've seen you guys so many times. And it's such an awesome journey every single time. that, it, And the energy is still there. And I guess my question to you is, now that I've been doing all this talking, my question to you is how you guys keep it like so loud and so i mean just keep that energy level up to such a high level every single night for all of these years i mean what's the secret to that well in the context of, of what we do it is maybe all we know how to do with it you know like you know, there's a couple things. Is the nature of the beast is high energy, and then you got Angelo as a lead singer who's <laughs> gonna instigate extra energy no matter what. Like it's just he was born to be exactly who he is in Fishbone, and <laughs> I know, couldn't imagine him doing anything else other than what yeah. he's doing. <laughs> Yeah, Can so, you put you him know, in any other position? Put him in any other position in anywhere, like, like McDonald's even. <laughs> it didn't even work. Say. I can tell you now it happened and it didn't work out well. <laughs> you know, so so the bottom line, it's, it's just a chemical combination is combustible. And that's what you, that's really just, you know, like that's, that's what you get. It's, it's, it's authentic, it's organic, and, you know, like, we don't know anything else other than to give, like, at least 100%, so, you mm. know. Yeah, you guys are uh, just, it's really awesome, you guys, <clears throat> I was so glad to see that, that, um, that movie that you guys had done back in 2010 was it called Everyday Sunshine. For those of you who haven't had the opportunity to check out the the history of Fishbone, definitely figure out a way to rent that. I think you can rent it on Netflix now, or not rent it, watch it on Netflix, or whatever you have to do, watch it, because it's fantastic. And, um, man, so tell me a little bit about this, because uh, I've kind of gushed a little bit about Fishbone, because I'm just, I just love Fishbone so much. I mean, um, you know, got an opportunity to meet, uh, meet you a couple times and, I've, uh, Angelo a couple times and also Dirty Walton, you know, so it's just been, um, matter of fact, I have a, a framed photo of the three of you that I've had my picture taken with all three of you and put it in like okay. a little collage, all from different times. One from North Carolina, one from Atlanta, uh, well, actually two from Atlanta, but, uh, yeah, man, I just, I'm a huge Fishbone fan from, from, uh, I can't, my, my good friend, bass player, um, who loves you to death, uh, Tony Halliburton, he, um, he told me, he, he hooked me up with Freddy's Dead, your guys version of Freddy's Dead, and, okay, and, and yeah. then ever since then, it's just been, you guys are just phenomenal. I can't, it's just the energy. And if you, you want to go to a show, if anybody out there is listening, you want to go to a show and happen to see Fishbone on, on playing somewhere, you just have to go. There's just no, there's just no better show as far as energy and just vibe. And it's just such a cool thing. Um, yeah. But so tell me a little bit about what's happened. What, for those of you who don't know, uh, there's another project you're working with called Trulio Disgracious. 
First off, tell me about the name and where the name came from. Okay, well, that is, uh, you know what? It starts with my intrigue for Julio Iglesias. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, ultimately, like, there was this point where, uh, you know, local free paper, the LA Weekly, this is, you know, this is in the 80s. They ran an article on him, and at the time, he was the biggest selling artist on the planet. And, and I'd never heard of him at all. And then he was like this, this huge article on him. And it was things that they said in the article that just made me go like, this sounds like an interesting guy. And, uh, you know, so when we happen to be on the same record label, like in, in the article, they talked about how he rubbed his belly when he sang. And they're like, whoever the writer was, was like, it's the sexiest thing in the world. And I was like, I, I was like, okay, that's way outside of my zone of like, I'm not looking for that. So, so I was just like, this is, so I just got intrigued with who is this guy? We're on the same record label. So I started going to the, to the, to, to the vaults of Columbia Records and picking up his albums. Like, who is this dude? So I'm checking it out. And, and uh, you know, I, I mentioned it as we were doing some Fishbone recordings and uh, our producer had some Julio Iglesias stories. And I was like, oh, shit, he's really... He's, the stories were, like, kind of out there. And... Uh, <laughs> What kind, what kind of stories? <laughs> what kind of stories? You know, well, he was talking about like you know, like uh, like hordes of groupies. Like he, he was in a studio with him, and and uh, he said that that there was like like a, a bunch of women in the lobby of the studio, like older groupies, and most of them brought their daughters. <laughs> they were passing the torch from the older groupie to the down drop my daughter can become a Julio Iglesias groupie. I mean, you know, like, passing, I was like, whoa. Passing the fun. torch. Yes. <laughs> the torch. Yeah, I was completely fascinated, you know? Oh, my God. Completely fascinated. So one day I was at the I was at the label, and I'm picking up. I'm, he was he was on the Highwaymen recording, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, I I don't know if you remember the Highwaymen, but it was like Johnny Cash, Waylon Jennings, Willie Nelson, Chris Christopherson. <laughs> That's right. You know. <laughs> so they had Julio Iglesias on the track. Now, when you heard him, did he live up to the legend that you had built up in your head? Well, you know what? He was, he was, uh, he, you know, like I never met him. So, but ultimately, like as I'm picking up this album, right? I, it was more than that. I was picking up another couple ones that I didn't pick up before. And uh, I was talking, or maybe he wasn't on that. I'm like, I had to Google the Highwaymen and be like, was Julio Iglesias on that? And, uh, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. I'm not actually seeing it, but it was. I know it was in that same time, right? It seems like he was on a track, but 
Well, I know but, that he but, did something. He did the thing with uh, Willie Nelson to all the girls I've loved before. I know that he did that. Right. Right. Maybe <laughs> that's what that. I'm thinking I about. I know he did that. Yeah. Yeah, he did a bunch of things with uh, with him. Like, he did Spanish Eyes. And, yeah, they, they, right. they had a little thing going there for a minute. I don't know what it was. But. Right. So, so, so anyway, I'm, I'm picking up these albums and the head secretary at at the at the A and R department. Her name was Joanne McGetrick, and uh, she's passed away now. But anyway, Joanne, as I was leaving, Joanne was like, "Oh, you like Julio Iglesias?" I was like, "Yeah, I'm kind of I'm interested in checking him out." Like you know, and she was like, "She was like, I like Julio Iglesias, but he's nasty." <laughs> I was like, really? I was like, what happened? She she was like, well, she's like, I was talking to him and I was like, I was like, Julio, how do you keep your voice in such good shape? It's so warm and so full. He's like, is there anything special that you do to keep your voice in good shape? And and you know, do you, is, she, he's like. He said, I sing as if I'm massaging a woman's clitoris in my throat. That's the number one answer of the year. <laughs> so, Who's that in the background? <laughs> oh, that's my homie. But, <laughs> okay. but, uh, Go ahead. And, but uh, that's Byron West, Trulio guitarist as well. <laughs> but, uh, he's, but bottom line is like, and and I said, I said he is Trulio Disgracious. Yeah. That came out of my mouth at that moment. That's how the band got oh the name. Oh my gosh, that's right. That's amazing. <laughs> I was like, I said it, and I knew I had to do something with it, and I just. Then, then, I, then came the band. So then comes the band. Now, when did when was the the starting year of Trulio Disgracious? I think the first time I did anything was '87. Wow. What is what is the the Nutmeg Funk Collective? What's what's the what is that about? Um, wait, let me tell you about the, the first. Like, okay. Cause, cause <laughs> I didn't mean to cut you off. Yeah, <laughs> and I'll get to that too. Cause so, so what, what, how, like that first show came about, it was Adrian Sherwood and Tackhead was coming to Los Angeles. The, ven- the venue was called the Palace, which is now the Avalon. But, uh, all of my musician friends were asking me if I could get them into this show. And I'm like, I'm not in the band. It's not my guest list. And I had the bright idea that if I could become the opening act, then I could put, then all my friends could play. I put them all in the band. They could play to get into the show. All right. (laughs) Sounds like a plan. Yeah, so so I ate, I called Anna Lawrence, who was Kendall Jones' girlfriend, um, and and she worked she worked at the palace. So I asked her, if, you know, I could she could help me out, and I, I ended up getting that shot to be the opening band. And so I put everybody in the band. It was eleven people. Yeah, so that's how the, the the band started as a scheme to get my friends into a show. 
<laughs> and Doug Wimbish was playing bass in Adrian yep. Sherwood and Tackhead yep. at that yep. time. Yep, he was. Yep. And uh, so I really wanted to see Doug play. I didn't know him at the time. And uh, he's a good dude. Um, and then a year later, I got a call from from uh, Living Color because they Vernon Reed asked if Fishbone could open for Living Color at the same venue. And uh, at the time, Fishbone was selling out two nights at the, at that venue. I was like, eh, we can't open for you guys. But uh, I was like, I could put together a band. And that was, so, you know, he, Vernon was like, cool, let's do it. And uh, so at that point, I, I told Anna, and we we made the whole thing was a joke. Like, she was, because she was Kendall's girlfriend, she was like, yeah, I, I you know, like Spinal Tap, the, the guitar player's girlfriend will be the manager. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, she actually got us our, what ended up being a, a warm-up gig as the opening band for for Soundgarden. It was at a place called Club Lingerie. And and the, at the club, the headlining band would play in the middle, so we had to close the show. Um, so, so, we, so we warmed up on a Wednesday at the lingerie, I believe it was a Wednesday, uh, with with Soundgarden, and then we opened for Living Color. I believe it was a Saturday, Friday or Saturday, and that was when it that was that was became Trulio Disgracious's start. I believe that was '88, and the band was 24 people. <laughs> That's a regular Parliament going on there. Good yeah, Lord. and it was it was just because I anybody that asked to be in a band, I just said yes. <laughs> <laughs> I just kept saying yes, and then Anna was like, "You gotta stop saying yes. It's too many people." And finally, at twenty four people, she was like, "That's it, no more." It might have went to twenty seven. Oh, I think it went to twenty seven people. So anyway, that's how it started. And and so you asked about the like Nutmeg Collective, right? Mm-hmm, right. Was like ultimately the, the, the Nutmeg Nation, right? Gotcha. We we are the nutty nutmeg nation. And uh or the the you the, 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 the the United Nations of Nutness. You could call it either way. <laughs> the Nutmeg <laughs> Funk Collective. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Right, so you, so had, you had black you had uh you had Prince from Black was it now Prince from Black Eyed Peas, uh uh HR, you had um you, I mean who <laughs> how it's a lot of, it's, a lot. A, it's, a, it's vast, right? It's vast. <laughs> so so ultimately like the whole nutmeg thing, the 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 first person to ever say it was Lonnie Marshall from Weapon of Choice. Mm-hmm. And you know Weapon of Choice? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so, uh, and it was actually the day of the uh, uprising surrounding Rodney King beatings. Okay. Right? Yeah. And and what side of the world are you in at this point? Well, Fishbone had a show in San Diego that day. The day they read the verdict. Yeah, that that's a uh, Lonnie's band, Lonnie Marshall. No, that's a Lonnie. Not, yeah, Lonnie Marshall. 
right? And uh, Lonnie Marshall, weapon of choice. Yeah. yeah. Right. So, so, <laughs> so the day they read those verdicts, Fishbone Oof. was playing playing in San Diego at a university. Oh boy. So you know, like Kendall came in during sound check and he announced the verdict to the band, and you know, none of us were happy. Mm-mm. And uh. So after sound check, I went to my hotel room, I turned on the news, and I see what will become the uprising begin to erupt, the Reginald Denny whole thing, right? And I'm looking at this, and I they, they told said the intersection. I'm like, Lonnie lives two blocks from there. So mm. I called Lonnie. I called Lonnie, and I'm like, Lonnie. What the fuck is going on? I'm watching this shit on the news. It's right up the street from your house. Lonnie said, everybody's going nutmeg. And I just started cracking up. I started laughing <laughs> uncontrollably. Like I couldn't stop myself. Oh, man. I, it took me 20 minutes to a half hour to calm down from laughing. And, uh, I, I, and I ended up having to get off the phone. I was like, look, man, that made me laugh too hard for me not to run with that. To do, We got to do something with that. I didn't know what it was going to be. <laughs> right. Sometimes but, th- people say things in your life and you remember them for like your entire life. You go, I still no, wonder why they said that. No, I was like, no, that moment was, I was like, no, I laughed too hard. It was, you know? And so, so it took me a couple of days. Like we went to Canada after that. And as soon as, I, thought, I was like, that has to be the name of the music that we played because people, the press was starting, they were calling what we were doing alternatives. Right. They didn't really, yeah. <laughs> they didn't really right. have a and name I, for it, right? Right. There was no real name. I was, And I thought, I was like, oh man, we missed out on naming the music that we did. Like it was like, <laughs> you know, and they're calling it alternative. Like, what if we called it nutmeg? So I called Lonnie up and I was like, we got to call the music that we do nutmeg. <laughs> and then we started shooting around jokes about like kind of building on the concept. It was Lonnie was like, Lonnie immediately, he was like, you know, in the movie Malcolm X, it was the moment that his transition was when they brought, gave him nutmeg in prison to wean him off of heroin. I was like, that's perfect. <laughs> like, we're here to aid you in your transition. <laughs> like nutmeg music, you know? And I got really excited about it. We yeah. said a lot of things. And so I like immediately I called up Flea, like we gotta call the music we do nutmeg. And I called up Perry Farrell. Perry Farrell was like, I got nutmeg in my freezer. (laughs) 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 Oh, you see how far that went though. Oh yeah, like right away. Yeah, I mean, well, Chili Peppers and Perry Farrell—they're not calling their music nutmeg. No, called a few more people too. But me and Lonnie <laughs> was like, "We're running with this one." 
you oh know? my gosh, that's hilarious. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah so that began it. Go ahead. Yeah, you go ahead. No, I was just saying, sometimes people just say things that just stick with you for your whole entire... I still remember this one old lady that I work with, and I can't remember... I can't remember. They called her mama at work, and she said something to me one day. She said, that's as easy as pulling a greased hair out of a cat's ass. <laughs> and I just... Damn. My mind just shut down. I was Because the visuals yeah. that go with the statement like that. Yeah. Like, what do you mean pulling a greased hair out of a cat's ass? What does that even mean? Does that happen? What? <laughs> oh my gosh so so here you are now you guys are going nutmeg <laughs> yeah we're going nutmeg and ultimately like so so with truly our disgrace it's, it's always been like you know a, a, a collective where you know there's there's people that you've never heard of and there's people with that are music industry veterans, you know? Hmm. And so, and everything in between. So, you know, there's early incarnations had like India Davenport from the brand new heavies. Yeah. You know, nice. You know, Blackbird McKnight came through Billy Bass, William Billy Bass Nelson, original Funkadelic. Mm-hmm. was is you know was there early on and uh you know he actually brought eddie hazel through who never really played with the band but it's you know it was still like one of them amazing moments when eddie hazel comes to you know rehearsal and plays bass like he wouldn't pick up a guitar but uh <laughs> <laughs> but uh you know um and Doug Wimbish has jammed with the band and considered, you know, we consider Doug forever a part anytime he's around. He still oh, can yeah. step in and rock. Yeah. Some uh, people Jim. don't know that guy's history. That his his history, yeah. his musical history goes so far back. Like Grandmaster Flat. I mean, just I mean, just so far back with this dude. He's he's touched everything, yeah. man. This guy's amazing. Yeah. So I I don't blame you. I would definitely always leave the door open for that cat. For oh, sure. Yeah. And uh <laughs> You know, like, like, there's two really pivotal moments. One is the first day that Billy Bass showed up, right? Mm. And and the band straightened up and played like I had never heard it before, right? Like, I was like, oh, shit, I didn't know they could do that. <laughs> and the second time the band, like, really straightened up and to a degree that I was like, holy shit, was we played a party for Madonna's birthday at, at at this it was the Park Plaza Hotel here in LA and uh and George Clinton came through and stepped up and and got on the mic and led the band and the band did shit I did could ne- I never knew they could do these things like he was giving them hand signals and shit and they was paying attention and like he, like I was like, wait a minute, these motherfuckers can, like, <laughs> <laughs> like oh, they sounded like they had never sounded before. Yeah. I was like, okay, but yeah, like it's been a couple times where George just came through and and took over, like 
Various P-Funk members, you know, have have stepped to the stage. Yeah. And, you know, Andre Fox William, Michael Clip Payne, fucking uh, uh, Amp Fiddler. Like, we actually, we did a recording where we did a, a we covered Do Fries Go With That Shake for, uh, for the, uh, uh, yeah, it's a George, yeah. Yeah, we covered Do Fries Go With That Shake for the Good Burger soundtrack. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and Amp Fiddler did most of the singing. And Andre Fox, who is actually, I believe, a co-producer on the original for George Clinton, he, he guided the song. So mm. it actually sounds a lot like the original because of that. So, um, so like when Trillio D- Disgraces plays anywhere at, at a venue... Do you know mm-hmm. how far in advance do you know what this lineup is going to be? Are you pretty much settled now in the lineup? Yeah, like there's about like my shows average like 19, 20 people right now, and it could be as many as 24 people lately. Like sometimes it's like you know, because some people have other musical projects, they may be on tour with somebody else. Or, you know, some people got regular day jobs, you right. know? Yes. So, so uh, yeah, it varies. And I try to know in advance who's going to be there. But there's some people, like, that show up as guests, you know? Right. Try to make, make room for guests and features and whatnot. Man. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's a vast and rotating cast because I... I you know, it's it's rare that anybody ever gets banished from Trulio. You know, <laughs> yeah. like, but, how bad would you have to be? Yeah, I mean, like naughty, be, naughty bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You you gotta be like mama never be ashamed. But uh, <laughs> but uh, ultimately, ultimately, any of my original members or anybody that's really been a part of it in the past is always kind of welcome. You know, like it's 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 a inc- very inclusive to the to overall. You know, I just like my my criteria for for who's gonna be a current member new to the band is kind of more than you just gotta ask these days. <laughs> <laughs> right. So now you have now you got a brand new song uh, that's out called "Out of My Motherfucking Mind." Yes. And uh, it is 10 plus minutes, so you weren't concerned about radio play whatsoever. <laughs> no, not when I called it out of my motherfucking mind, it was, you know, like I really wasn't concerned. But yeah, in general, I don't do this project for commercial acceptance, you know. It's. So so tell me tell, is 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 this a signal that uh, new music is coming as far as like an album that's coming for that's, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, I, yeah I, have, I, I have a completed album in the can. Nice. Um, it's 12 songs. It is called uh, The Mystic Portals of Nutness Await. <laughs> dot, dot, dot. Enter, <laughs> enter the United Nations. <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's a hell of a title. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a con- it's a concept album, and 
I'm I'm a I'm a text that to you because it's a spelling to it, right? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I would imagine so because because even the song is not even spelled like you would expect it. It's just it's outta a u t t a mother m u t a t. So if that was your title idea, was it also your title idea back in the Fishbone days of give a monkey a brain and he'll swear he's the center of the universe? <laughs> was that also uh, your, was that also your naming convention? Yeah. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's great! Yeah. So, so when is the album possibly going to be released? When's it going to hit? Well, I'm. I don't have a set date for it now. Right now, I'm just. I'm basically building. I want to build this single up, and my intention is to do at least three more videos, maybe four. I'm. I actually, I know I need to do four. Four more videos but with the same director, Todd Dorenfield, and have him do all animated. We actually have a concept for a feature-length animated film. That claymation is awesome. Yeah. yeah. So so, and and possibly a second, like like a maybe a a series or something with another concept. Me and Todd. Like, I don't know. I say crazy shit, and he gets it. Because that video, I barely had any input on it. He chose the song, and he went and did, like, I I, I don't know. Like, anything that I said, maybe he already did. Like, I, I look at Todd Dornfield like, oh, he gets me. <laughs> Like, like yeah. I, and I like it like that. I like to just be able to like spit some shit out and don't have to micromanage things. Yeah. So he's he's because uh, some of his his concept work, I mean that he's done. If you if you guys would like to check it out, he has actually done I guess the full video for. Uh, for the song "Out of My Motherfucking Mind," and it's uh, it's got like, well, the clips are like showing on the Trulio Disgracious uh, website that you can actually um, that you can actually check out. And it's uh, people are wondering how do you spell Trulio Disgracious? It's T R U L I O Trulio, and then Disgracious D I S G R A C I A S. And uh, man, I'm looking forward to this new this new album coming out. And if if we can get a, a feature film out of it. That'd be amazing. I mean, yeah, yeah, it's, and uh, you know, hey, let me just say this: it's the, the full length is about two. It's twelve songs, and it clocks in at about two hours. Jeez, there's a twenty-four minute song on it. There's just got a succession of vocalists. One after, like, I'm the first vocalist up, and then it's just succession of vocalists, which, uh. In- includes uh, Israel Joseph, who is who's currently singing in in a uh, uh, now I'm forgetting the name of the band. Uh, he would he he came in and with with Bad Brains um, when HR Bell was out for a moment on the Bad Brains on the Rise album is. Israel Joseph, but I have but I have Micah Nine, okay, from Micah Nine from the Freestyle Fellowship and Blowfly. Man, that's quite a, it's 
It ends with, with, with 12 minutes of Blowfly as the devil. <laughs> you know what always amazed me about you and just this, um, you have this. Oh, you know, fire burn. I, fire burn. Fire burn. He's on, he's on tour, touring with, with uh, him and, and, yeah, Israel Joseph and, and Todd Youth. Who was originally like I know Todd from from Murphy's Law, back in '87. You know when we met, he was 17 or 16 or some shit. And we were on tour with the Beastie Boys and Fishbone. So, mm. yeah, Fireburn, check them out if you can. But bottom line is, uh, uh, yeah, I got like 12 minutes of Blowfly going berserk, like. He in he got this crazy storyline where he takes over hell, like. <laughs> anyway, it's crazy. It's bottom line. He offends everything and everybody is politically wrong, but he's playing a role of the devil, you know. Oh my so, gosh! I, you know, it just amazes me though that you know both you and Angelo have um for those of you listening angelo moore lead singer of fishbone have these split personality like you have this split personality and where the i guess whatever you guys are doing within fishbone i guess to some sort of degree has some sort of limitation on you because when you when you work outside of fishbone you just cut loose on these projects that are just you know, it's it's whatever comes out of my head. And the same way with Angelo when he does his Dr. Mad Vibe thing. And I, I, I've just always wondered what would happen if the two of you got into and I know that you have in the past, but I, I don't I don't know what out there, what's been released out there that's a good representation of those two split personalities that you have where there's no filter, there's no yeah, I, I I I don't know what that is, but there's something that happens with with you guys when you step outside of the Fishbone universe, and you kind of like free yourself up to just try and experiment with a variety of things. Why, why do you think that is? Well, ultimately, like you know, like so, Fishbone ultimately is as Fishbone is a freedom in and of itself, but but within that freedom. It is, there is a confinement because it, there is a thing that it is, you know, hmm. and there's some parts of like, in hindsight, I look back at some things that were done in Fishbone that I, I think would have been better as another project. Right. Because F Fishbone has became an everything, but, you know, which is beautiful. And it is still somewhat that, but I think at this stage, like I'm, I'm like, yeah, some things that I brought to Fishbone are more like a Trulio Disgracious thing, right? You know, and there's some songs that Angelo has brought to Fishbone that are like, that's a Dr. Bad Vibe song. Like I can hear the difference, right? Yeah, it's like yeah, it's you know? very distinctive personality. Just like when Prince does his Camille thing, it's like. When you hear him start doing his Camille thing, you're like, that's a Camille thing. <laughs> that's just, he gets in that. Everybody has that split personality where he's like, okay, I'm going to let this, I'm going to let this side of my personality take over. 
Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's Yeah, so so like Fishbone is is like, you know, like bottom line is, you know, like I was we got a record deal when I was 19. Or, you know, our first record came out or, or something like that, yeah. 1920, somewhere like that. And, uh, you know, so Fishbone is, the, the the image of Fishbone is pretty much molded by David Kahn as a producer. Right. Yeah. And I rather actually enjoy that image. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's a tight, polished image that's been perfected over many, many years, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah so, so I don't mind, I don't mind falling within, the, with Fishbone falling in the confines of that, there's, I see where there's room for exploration outside of that for innovation, but it, there is, it has to stand now, I see it, it has to be able to stand with the brand in a certain way right? to be, you know, and these, these other projects like Trulio is there is a thing and Trulio can be broad and expand out into things, but it is, you know, you know, there's ultimately, you know, I like the idea that they sound very different yeah. and that, 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 they're, that Dr. Mavide is a thing and it sounds different. Angelo, off on his own has a distinctive flavor and I'm like mm -hmm. hey that that makes it really good for the buyer right you know yep and and it actually serves as uh you know it it gives you as an artist dimension yeah you know so yeah but but yeah there's a you know, so yeah, there's a, just Trulio has a, has a whole different thing that that uh and and so I've actually like uh bottom line is I've I've actually begun recording more material for Trulio Disgracious. I'm on a mission to like there's there's songs that have that that go back to 1987 and 88 that have never been recorded. So one, I want to record those songs. And then I also um, am just like my main focus is the future, though. Like th that's like you know posterity archival thing. But ultimately, like I my my momentum is forward. Right. As it I'm should really, be. Yeah. I'm really always thinking about what's coming next. Yeah. Uh, we're all about it because I think what's good for us, the fans, is that, you know, if there's not a Fishbone album on the horizon, there's a Trulio Disgraces, a Gracious album coming, which this new one is called The Mystic Portal, <laughs> Mystic Portals of Nutness Await, Enter the United Nations. <laughs> and that's, yes. that's going to be it coming, well, when, when you're ready for it. But I think you're, you're, are you focusing on this feature film because... Is this feature film going to put a hold or more like a holding pattern on on the album's released, or do you kind of want everything to no. come out together? Or? No, 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 no. I'm 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 going to put the album out when. So I've I've I started my own record label nice. uh, in in a nutshell recordings, and the <laughs> single is the first release. Gotcha. And and so. As as a record label owner right now, it is only me. Mm. 
And, you know, I don't have the funds to, to just do everything a record label does, but I'm taking this as like, I'm going to build my muscles as a marketer and a promote, you know, do my own marketing and promotion. Right. And I'll be able to get, I'll get help. But as I build this video, I think I have an amazing vehicle with, with the single and the video. Right. And, and I believe that, that like once I get built my muscle at, in, in the areas to build it up, then I'll bring on, I'll, in, I'll get more help at right. doing this and release the album. I want to do it actually. I, w I would like to do it with before the year's up. That's is a release the release the full length. Well, we'll be ready for it for sure. I mean, I, you know? I, I know I'm ready for it because it's it's always good when you have you know these you know musicians like yourself that are out there just constantly constantly moving the needle i mean you you are always in constant motion and uh that that's what is really great for for us music fans is there's always something out there to listen to and something new on the horizon man and i'm 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 psyched i'm ready for it man i'm ready for it like yeah but, yesterday yeah believe, believe me fishbone is writing new material that's great you know? too that's great it's, too Basically, basically, we have the entire original band with the exception of Kendall Jones, you know, mm. and so we're writing new material and I'm still writing and recording Trulio Disgracious material. And uh, I actually have another project called The Familyhood and Experience. Mm. And, uh, and what's that about? And I it's based around the idea of an all improv dub reggae project based around past and present members of Fishbone. But I, I've recorded two tracks that will be released vinyl on outro records. Um, I've still got to work on the, get, get the cover art together. But once I get the cover art together, we'll get a release date. So I'm actually working a lot like yep. on a lot of projects at once. I got some other things and, and you know, and I'm working toward as a producer and uh, other releases possible, like things I produce that haven't found their way to the public that I'm like, I got to talk to the artist and, and see about releasing those on my label. But I do want to get my legs in marketing and promotion before I do that. Yeah. That's the toughest part. I mean, it's a lot of people don't won't realize the the struggles that go in place with with doing that. Especially, well, it's a lot easier than today than it was back in the '80s. You know, when we were all doing the band thing, it was just it was all word of mouth and flyers and whatever else you could make happen, and yeah. knowing people were making phone calls. Now it's just a matter of, I mean, even raising money for an album is simply, you know, just going online and and setting up a, you know you pay me account or whatever it is. Right. And, and like you know what? And and I know that and I know that I could do that. I'm holding off on doing that. You know, like I could I could I could use GoFundMe money. Right. You know? I, I could that. use it. I said you I pay me. Use, yeah. You pay me. I, yeah. I mean that's what happens, right? I could I could I could use that kind of boost but I'm, I'm actually just not 
where I'm not ready to go there. I really am like I want to build myself without asking for those things. And if I see that I really need it, like I will, but it's not the it's not the, it's not the first place I want to go. Right. You know? Yeah. And the bottom line is if I learn all these, if I learn and actually show that I can do something properly and then I go ask, then people will know that their money is going to somewhere where somebody gives a fuck. Right. You know, like so I want to prove myself to to any artist that I may pick up that like, yeah, I'm gonna deliver for you. That's important to me. You right. know. Like I've, I've, I've tried and failed in the past and, uh, you know, like we, and, and I just see this as like, I could fail now. I'm not afraid to fail, but I'm going to put my best foot forward. Oh yeah, absolutely. So, so, but one thing, let's get back to nutmeg, right? So look, this nutmeg thing just for, so Funkatopia understands Yep. <laughs> at the, at the root of it, right? I looked around and I'm like, you know, all of my super funky heroes, especially the the P funky universe. <laughs> yep. But all my super funky heroes, the Gap Band, uh, the ADC Band, uh, 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 Rick James, um, you know, Tina Marie, all of them. Uh, you know, Prince, the time, everybody funked so hard and so deep. Mm-hmm. I, I could only look at myself and be like, I am the nut that funk produced. <laughs> and that, that's right. And, and we are nuts to mega proportions. Right. right. So, you know, funk was a bad word. And as a bad word, it was like kind of stood in for fuck, right? Uh, on some level. And so, you know, if you bust a nut, you're going to produce, you know, so we are the nut that funk busted. <laughs> I guess, sure. You know, I'll go with that analogy. Ain't... Yeah, we ain't going to out-funk P-Funk, you know? So we gonna <laughs> no. be, we look, we're looking to forge new territory. Basically, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a deep journey. It's, you know, I'm, I'm playing with the ideas of, uh, of uh, you know, like human consciousness mm. is... Uh, That's big. That's a big well, subject. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, you know, the possibility of psychotropic plants like mushrooms and marijuana Mm -hmm. and uh, peyote buttons, like having everything to do with human consciousness. Like maybe there was maybe almost like, you know, the world being in black and white and then you get a color TV. And... And yep. and and maybe that is the story in Genesis. Yeah, but somebody's got to turn that on. Just like, just like. Well, that, well, that's what I'm saying. I'm right. talking about in a historical context. Right. Exactly. The 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 uh, the, the fruit of knowledge, the, the the tree of life, the tree of knowledge, 
and and the Garden of Eden story, yeah, is actually like oh, there was this moment where somebody turned the light on, right? You know, and that's what that story is. Just like you know, like I believe that I believe that the Bible is littered with like like jokes like that. And like in the like the book of Revelation to me reads like you know somebody took had took some LSD and had a bad trip and now there's people actually trying to live that <laughs> bad trip out. Right. Like really think about it like yeah, there's it's... this like the, like the book reads like there's this angel that comes to this dude and he hands him a book and the, the book in the palm of his hand and he eats the book and then he goes into this like hallucinogenic <laughs> state is basically what it's saying, right? So I start. I, there was like, a lot of that these, going on. Yeah, there was a lot of that going on in the Bible. <laughs> yeah, so I, I had, but look, that like this, like I had these notions, and then I started looking at mythologies. Like I'm a Joseph Campbell fan, mm. so I'm looking at mythologies and these mystery books, and there's some things that are kind of like, wait a minute. Like these psychotropic plants, like, you know, like vision quests of shaman and all kinds of shit. Like these are, a lot of this shit might be more pivotal to human development than we know. And, and, uh. Oh, it definitely is. Absolutely is. Along with that, the possibility of extraterrestrial intervention. Mm. Yep. And maybe it's all one and the same. It could well be. There's so much that we don't know, and it can't be that we're because of the the limits of you know the limit of society and everything else. It's just it's just you you can't do this and you can't do that and you can't do this and it's like all those things that would break open those boundaries are the things that are you know frowned upon, and it's just and that's insane. So. Well, look, these are these are the concepts that I want to play with with this with the movie. That's where the mystic portals of nutness await into, into the, the United, United Nations. Nations. So <laughs> you know, like the, the United Nations is like, oh, wait, the the possibility that that there's this great universe out there that's way ahead of us, and we're like. We got these technologies that we're like five-year-olds with like submachine guns, with like autom- five-year-olds with automatic weapons. You know, like as as a as as a collective human being, um, you know, and like as as we progress and our transition into whatever growth means. And maybe if we realize what's possible, we can enter into the the universal community. Right. The the community of the rest of the universe. We're isolated now. I'm playing with these ideas. I don't want to be serious. I want to have fun with it. Right. And I think we're all ready for it. I think everybody's ready for it. Because I think that's the only way you're going to be able to approach it is through is through humor and just kind of just you know put your guard down for a little bit, okay? Just just relax, and that's really kind of the only way you're going to be able to communicate, anyways. Is 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 by approaching yeah. it that way. Yeah. So I'm down. Yeah, exactly. So that's that's my note. That's the notion that is. It's a big idea. It'll be hard to 
I, I know it won't be easy, but I think Todd Dornfield understands my particular yeah, like insanity. Like yeah, it looks like it. And uh, I, I, I could like I think he's the right person for the job. Well, ladies and gentlemen, if you want any more information on Trulio Disgracious, go to the website. It's truliodisgracious.com, which is T-R-U-L-I-O-D-I-S-G-R-A-C-I-A-S. They got a brand new album. That's coming out, uh, hopefully, before the end of the year, called The Mystic Portals of Nutness Await. Enter the United Nations. If you see it, you'll definitely remember it and go, oh, yeah, I remember that title. Right. And, of course, if you want to follow uh, Mr. Norwood, you can follow him on Twitter at Woody Woodstraw. He's always got, he's always got the greatest tweets on the planet. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm having fun. You know, I'm a fan of detached irony. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Noah, thank you so much for spending time with the, with the crew today, man. And uh, just keep that music coming out, man. We're, it's 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 great to get all that stuff from you, and uh, it's just it's it's always awesome. We got it on rotation on the radio station. So, man, it's an honor to have you on board, man. Thank you for calling in. I appreciate it. Hey, thank you so much, Benjamin. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. All right. Stay out of your motherfucking mind like I'm out of my motherfucking mind. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Thanks, Norman. All right, bro.